Welcome, all you business geeks, to the Business Geeks Podcast, an entrepreneurial show where three friends geek out loud and proud on everybody's business. I'm Super Joe Pardo of superjoepardo.com and indiepodcasters.com. I'm joined by my two wonderful co-hosts, Jennifer Crawford, the co-founder of Sparent.co, and Samantha Riley of SamanthaRiley.global. This week, we are talking about the MVP, not the person at the end of the game who's the most valuable player, but the minimum viable product. And I'll just say, I thought it was minimal viable product and was actually surprised after I had wrote tons of notes with minimal viable product in it. I was surprised that I apparently was spelling and saying it wrong. <laughs> Though surprised to no one else, apparently, for me to spell or say something wrong. I don't blame you. I, it's a very, yeah. You picked it up. It doesn't matter. It's, it's okay. okay. Yeah, right? You picked it up, make a change, and do it. So, Jen, how are you feeling this week? How are things going in Sparing.co world? Sparing.co world is good. Everything's great. We're very busy, which is nice. Woo. And you guys, did I tell you guys about the burpee challenge? My self-imposed burpee challenge. You did no. mention it. I did mention that I wouldn't be joining you. How's yeah. it going? It's going. I'm so a- I've been, like, adding a burpee a day, like, Started with one burpee and then I had. So today is my fifty burpee day. Woo. Whoa, that is awesome, that, that is a Jen. lot. That is a that's lot. a lot of burpees. <laughs> Are you taking breaks at like every ten? Yeah, I do them all yeah. at once. Like I can do like ten to twelve, and then I've got to like catch my breath, and then I'll do like five or six, and catch my breath. You know, kind of like that. So, but it doesn't take as long as you would think. I might need some advice because I don't know when to stop. Like I don't. <laughs> like, how far do I take this? Because at some point. I'm going to be at 100 burpees. And so then, I think what when I was looking it up, something like do 10 burpees and then do nine burpees and then do eight burpees and then like and take a break and then do seven burpees. So whatever those numbers added up would equal is probably where you should stop. I think I'm I, past yes. that, right? Now, how many is that? 10 mm, plus nine. I plus don't know. Well, lots. It's too many. Lots. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to keep going and see what happens. 55. Yeah, no, that's awesome. That's great. And yeah. how's things going on the southernmost, almost southernmost part of the planet? <laughs> almost, not quite there. Good. We ran our, yeah. say we, Leon and I ran our final event for 2020 last Woo. week. So I was just saying to Jen, I spent the weekend doing lots of sleeping, lots of reading, spent a lot of time at the beach because, of course, we're heading into summer here and the weather is beautiful. So, very nice weekend and now ready to hit another week. That's awesome. You had a successful event? Like everything went well? It was awesome. No... Oh, of course. There's always tech issues when you start. doesn't matter how many <laughs> hours of testing you do until what hour of the evening something still goes wrong the next morning. I'm sure I'm not the only one that that happens to. But it doesn't matter. Everyone was good. Yeah, it was really good to get it done. How about you, Joe? How's everything in Super Joe Pardo world? Well, it's looking more and more like lockdown season again. I thought that was once a century kind of thing, but apparently a twice in a year kind of thing. It's not great. In fact, somebody at one of our local schools where our kids would be going just tested positive for for the virus as well. So so that stinks. Business-wise, I'm launching a new business series on YouTube that I'm looking forward to, which is called Business Coach Reacts. It's taken... An immense, credible, huge, as some people would say, amount of time to get the setup right. 
as our friend to the show, Eric Hunley, reminds me of Abraham Lincoln saying something to the effect of, if you give me six hours to chop down a tree, I'm going to take four hours to sharpen the knife. I have taken several days to get this styled in the way that I want it to go. But once it's set up, I should be able to crank these series out very easily and with ease. So I'm looking forward to getting that out into the world, hopefully in the next day or two. So fingers crossed to see how it rolls. Thank you. I'm excited. It's great. It's really, it's a lot of fun. I don't know if you, did you either of you really get to watch it at all? The the test video I sent you? I I did. I'm so guilty. Yeah. I forgot you sent it to me. I have not seen it. <laughs> no problem. <laughs> well, aside from the one big flaw that I've mostly corrected, what's your take on it, Jen? Well, I made it to the end. So, I mean, I like The Prophet, the show. So, and I kind of like, you know, commentary on, you know, shows that I watch. Like, I listen to some podcasts that do that. So, yeah, I thought it was fun, a show. I can't wait to see. Where else you I, go I got it? so many other things up my sleeve with it. It's you know, like I said, I've been dialing in so much since that video was put together like five, six days ago at this point. So, but yeah. So anyway, this week we're talking about the MVP, the minimum viable product. I don't do it again. And how it can help you with getting your business off the ground. You know, everybody likes to say like, Oh, you know, it's just easy. I'll just invent some idea and I'll just magically find my way on into the shark tank you know, floor and I'll get a million dollars and then I'll have, I can build my product out to the way I want it to be. And it's like, well, no, that's not a good strategy. And it doesn't even matter if it's Shark Tank, right? It could be any kind of investor. I don't, I'm not a big fan of going out and getting investment money for businesses. I think there's a certain types of businesses I think, you know, fit that model, but, but really you're putting yourself into like a box of like, oh no, I hope that everything works out the way it's supposed to because I'm spending these other people's money and it's literally like, I'm laying on the bed, head on the pillow, and there's like a giant boulder of money sitting on my head at all times. And if it's not that way, well, then you've made a mistake, and so has the person investing in you at that point. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I know. I've got a friend that got some investment. Two investors were so excited until three months later, and she had to produce her first round of reports. Oh, really? You didn't think about that bit? (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) You are owned. (laughs) Oh, that's terrible. Have either of you taken investment money before? No. No, yeah, I have not either. (laughs) I haven't haven't needed to. I mean, the whole reason to take investor money is to accelerate your growth, right? So I think too many business owners in general are very impatient people. (laughs) I was like, Mm. I mean, I love a slow growth. You know, early profit and slow growth. I, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Like, get your business systems and operations, mm-hmm. you know, and the foundation of your business solid and then scale from there. And, yeah. you know, it takes a little bit of time to do that. I think, you know, with these big influx of investment money, like you said, Joe, most business owners don't know what to do with it. They're irresponsible with it. You know, they tend to spend it frivolously. I've seen that a lot. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know, every time you go into a cool office space and they've got nap pods, I'm like, that's somebody who spent somebody else's money, you know, foolishly. Exactly. And I think (laughs) that you bring up the best point that you bring up there, Jen, and I totally agree with it, is that we learn by failing. So by slow growth or by growing slowly, we realize what we're doing wrong and we can alter it, we can change it, we can do something different. It's the best way to learn. And when it's your own money, and let's face it, 
it does work for some people. None of us are Canva, right? <laughs> it works really well for them. <laughs> but when it's someone else's money, I don't think you've got the same pain of I shouldn't make that decision because maybe I won't be able to buy groceries next week or, right. you know, whatever it is. I think that it makes a big difference when it's your own money. And you can feel successful when you're not. Mm-hmm. Right? When you've got that big chunk of investor money in the bank, you can feel like you've made it. But, but when reality- we sell out to Google, everything's going to just, money's going to come pouring out of the sky. And that's not okay, right? And I think one of the people I was watching made a great point about how there's so many companies. I think I might have said this a little while ago, but there's so many companies that are like, we're going to do the free thing until we can't do it anymore. And it's like, oh, great. Now you have like this, even if it's a big quote unquote user base, it's like that are used to not paying. And now you're like, oh, you basically can't use our services unless you pay. Well, free is not sustainable. And let's make sustainability sexy. Right. And I mm-hmm. think that's really what it needs to start from the beginning. Even if it's like, okay, if we, even if we just bring in like $3 a month from each user, like, okay, it's not going to make it rain profit in here, but at least you got a user base that's willing to pay something out of the gate. So, you know, you creep it up a little bit and you work on your margins and other, you know, other ways by saving money, shaving things off, and you can kind of get there. But when you're like, hey, we're going to make this thing, it's a minimum viable product and it's free and everyone's going to use it unless literally everyone's using it and you really can sell it to them, which, you know, to like a Google or to a big tech company, it's very unlikely that it's going to pan out for you or the investor's money that you might have just took. So what I, you know, think that your MVP, right, your minimum viable product really needs to be like a key focus point to like one to three focus points of like where those features separate you from everybody else, right? What's going to make other people be like, oh, well, I already have this kind of, oh, wow, look at what they have over there. And they have just one or two features that like might take the competitor months to implement if ever to be able to implement maybe there's falling asleep at the wheel maybe that competitor's you know founder or ceo or whatever is kind of like wavering in whether or not maybe they're investing in other areas other businesses so they're not like keen on what's going on really going on there so there's an opportunity for you to just you got to act as fast as you can and that's where the mvp comes in because it enables you light speed like right to market hopefully you listen and you get something that actually turns dollars Instead of just like, oh, it's totally free and it's cool. Like everyone's going to be using it. Yeah. I didn't know this, but back in 2007, the founders of Airbnb put out their MVP. So they were living in San Francisco. There was a conference going on. There was a shortage of motel rooms. They had a very expensive apartment. They were trying to figure out how to make the rent. So they rented out their extra apartment space, which was literally like mattress, you know, uh, blow up mattresses on the floor. That was the origin of Airbnb. So they really took in like that idea, like stripped down to its simplicity, right? So it's people renting out extra space in their privately owned homes or privately rented homes, you know, being that alternative to hotels in popular cities. So it was a very, but they didn't have at that time, they didn't have the app built out and the website and like, you know, it wasn't a household name like it is today, but they were able to test it and figure out one, that there was a demand for it and, you know, strip it back and build it up from there. So I think that's, you really can't understate the importance of this because one, you get that intelligence from your customer for practically free. You're able to launch so much more quickly, which saves you, you know, time, money, resources right there. And you can 
improve the demand for your product or service before you invest a lot of time, money, and team hours building a prototype out that you're not even sure people want or need. Mm. So I love that story because I'd never heard that before. And I love, you know, successful business origin stories. Mm, I love that too. So the minimum viable product was actually the idea came from, is it Eric Reese or Eric Rice from the Lean Startup? Do you oh, know who? Yeah. Her, yes, I do. Yes, it is a Lean yeah, Startup I mean, thing. I see his name on the spine of the books, but I don't know how to say his name. And he's the person that originally talked about it. And I think the Lean Startup is the best way to understand what it is. But it's not just about using this minimum viable product to start your business for someone like me that produces online programs I use this every time I launch something every single time I launch a new course or a new program anything that I'm selling this is exactly the system that I use and I think that too many people get caught up we need to make it all fancy and we need to spend months and months recording things and we need to come up with a logo and we need to do, you know, the full fancy, fancy things. But no, just a nice, simple beta program, maybe selling it a little bit cheaper, who wants to do it, is a really great way to get the feedback that you need. Yeah, yeah. I love that. How many people do we know, like just between the three of us, who had brilliant, potentially brilliant ideas and they've just failed to launch because mm-hmm. they can't picture their launch without mm-hmm. every single feature in place, every single service, every, you know, yeah. Yeah. they want it all completely built out yeah. to their vision before they even get off the starting line. Yeah. And then, then they just that they can never make that happen. Exactly. They said, but Marie Folio, but Marie Folio didn't start where she is now. Like go back and have a look at her original videos. They're no different to any of us sitting, you know, on our sofa Bad lighting, you know, bad <laughs> video. It, you know, it didn't stop her and look where she is now. And it, it's the same for all of us. It's, we have to get going from where we are and not think about trying to be in a place that we're not. And I think that's the biggest part of this, right? It, we're not in the place of the big players. So don't try and play their game. It's a different game. Yeah, totally. I would love to hear from our audience out there, like what, what have you launched that was a minimum viable product or what are you maybe not launching because you're afraid to strip it back to Mm. its most simplistic version? I'd Mm. love to know. I'd love to know. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, to me, it's all about getting the validation for the product, the time that you're going to be investing in it, right? And the money you're going to be investing in it. You know, it's, it, again, ideas are cheap and plentiful but the ones that actually can get validation as sam was saying like a lot of these people that create these courses you know whether you know the people that are doing them or not like a lot of times they're asking the question like would you like to learn x Mm -hmm. and then once they get a response they say okay let me do a quick outline on a piece of paper and say okay what can i Mm -hmm. teach about that and then they say okay i'm offering this course and i put together a landing page and it's you know it's 99 dollars 999 dollars it's nine thousand nine hundred ninety nine dollars Whatever it is, they put it together as, you know, once they start making the sales to do so. And they're, they're not like putting, like recording in, putting in those hours to create those things and then saying, Oh, well, I hope this, hope this sells. Like I hope mm-hmm. this, you know, turns out to be a good thing. I, you know, I think it's also important to not get sucked into going back to like the one to three key features. It's important to not get sucked into creating too many features out of the gate. 
bogging down your development time. I mean, we see this all the time in like the video game world where they're like, hey, we got this idea for a game. And it's like, okay, it's going to release at the end of the year. And this is like January. And then all of a sudden it's like, well, everybody got on board and was like, blah, 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 blah. And this wouldn't it be really cool if. And then next thing you know, it's like, well, now it's next year, <laughs> Christmas time. And then, yeah. you know, by June of next year, they're like, well, you know, because they keep adding more features. They keep, you know, developing it further and further. And they're, I mean, they're burning up somebody's money, whether they exactly. know it or not, uh, or whether you realize it or not. So, and then the other problem is, is creating too many features and like making it too expensive in the ways it doesn't need to be too expensive. Mm-hmm, like, oh, well, mm-hmm. we add, you know, we make this pen and then we add metal to it instead of plastic. You know, it'll only add like 30 cents to the cost and blah, blah, blah. But like 30 cents extrapolates out to like, okay, now it's a $30 pen. You know, there's a market for that, and there's a market for a three hundred dollar pen and a five hundred dollar pen. But was that who you intended when you wrote down when you asked the question, "Who wants a fancy pen at a cheap price?" You know, at a five dollar price or a ten dollar price? You know, at a zebra price versus like a what's that a cross pen? Like, yeah, you have no cross idea pens what you're down there. About. You don't have cross pens uh, down there. Well, we may do. I just don't know what it is. <laughs> Oh, it's all like the Australians are going, pen. oh my gosh, Sam, I can't believe you don't know what that is. You don't have <laughs> yeah. a cross pen? I have no yeah. idea what that is. I mean, these are pretty inexpensive, but they do definitely go up in price. They have some really expensive pens, but I've uh, never, I don't think I've ever, actually, I might have a cross pen somewhere. I think it was be, given as a gift. Yeah, so I was going to say, it'd be silly yeah. for me to, to buy a cross pen because it would be lost. Like, it looks to me just <laughs> like a, a Parker pen. Yeah. Yeah. yeah please I, oh, please I like don't buy G2, me a fancy pen. G2s. Yeah. They're, oh, see, I'm the person courses. that keeps the pen all the way till the ink's gone. Well, I'm better mm. at it now, but I'm using these Flexion pens for my rocket book. Uh-huh. So, Yeah. I go through. They don't last very long, by the way. They do not. They they do not last long at all. But anyway, we divert. We uh, (laughs) Um, we digress. You were saying just then, Joe, about, you know, you can launch something quickly and you can get the landing page up and blah, blah, blah. I think that even minimum viable products, you can do it without getting even the landing page up. Usually, sometimes when I launch a program, I'll do it just by reaching out to my list and having conversations with them. Yeah. Yeah, we, absolutely. We went down this battle before. You should go back and listen to that episode where we uh, we talked about <laughs> is the website it actually important when getting started your business. I forget which episode number that was, but oh, I believe there was the a catalog. disagreement on that. Episode. I, I would say so. There, yeah, there was. Again, I, I now I'm not going to go down. It's not worth it. Can we start numbering the disagreements? I would like to have a. <laughs> oh my a goodness, log. what are we up to? One thousand five hundred and sixty-three. <laughs> well, Somebody's we going to have to go if, back. At some point, we will have to get somebody to do a Wikipedia for our show and point out all the things that, you know, happen. <laughs> like the disagreements and the different companies that are brought up and all that and like link to the shows in that regard. That um, would be good. Let's see. What else was there? And to go. All right. So another thing to go along with the key features, right, is thinking about what single main problem is your MVP going to solve? And knowing how to market that, like, you know, it's easy. Again, I've probably have said this a million times. Like, we don't have Coca-Cola money, right? Like, to market to like twenty thousand different subsets of people with different marketing messages and things of that nature. You have what you have, and you're working with you're working with. So, you know, finding that one central problem with you know that your product or your service is going to solve, and then finding that one 
central set of people that are that mostly have that problem that you can write out specifically to is very helpful because people don't have great imaginations. You know, there's maybe like 5%, 10% of people out there that will have the imagination to be like, I know this is supposed to be for this thing, but this would really solve my other problem that they're not talking about. And it's like, yes, maybe that's the case. But very, you know, small subset of people are going to A, be in position to see the message and B, make the connection to the problem that they have and go forward with it. Absolutely. You need to know your ideal client inside out. Well, not technically inside out, but you need to know what they're thinking. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, I I think the, the final thing I would add to that is don't be afraid to hold back features to your product, especially for the fact, say, if nothing else, to be able to have something to roll out with next year and market next year and a new and improved thing, right? Like we get new iPhones that come out every year, right? Or new iPads or new anything that comes out. And it's like, oh, the new version's here. You know, there's always going to be something else to improve upon. And I would also say maybe, you know, impose those deadlines for yourself because you might not have deadlines otherwise because, it, you know, you're like, oh, well, it's kind of whenever, you know, especially if I'm just getting started, you know, I work in a nine to five job. It's like impose some kind of deadline, set those goals on deadlines so that you can be like, oh, well, you know, I want to get these four other things done. And if I hold it back, I might be able to get them in. But are they really solving the one main problem that I'm solving? Or is it adding or taking away from the one to three key features that we're bringing to the table that any nobody else is doing right now? Yeah, I hear what you're saying. You know, I like this MVP idea for another reason. And that is because I think it could also serve as sort of a guiding post, even as your business develops. Because another struggle I I see with more mature businesses is they sometimes will overcomplicate their product line or service line. And it gets so complicated. There's so many levels and packages and offerings that it actually ends up confusing the customer. Mm-hmm. And I know why they do it. They're basically, you know, as business owners, we don't we're not sure what people want, right, from us. So we throw everything at the wall and then we're like, we put the responsibility of our prospects. We put that responsibility on them to tell us what they want. But in but what happens is we end up just confusing them and then they don't want anything that we're selling. Yeah. Confused um, customers do not buy. So I'm always like, I'm just a big fan of simplicity in business. I think it's just, it's easier to market. It's easier to communicate what you're selling and your customers, you know, it's easier for them to understand who you are as a business and what you're offering, what your value is to them. So I think that MVP, if you start there, then you can always start like kind of stripping back a little bit when things get a little, a little bulky or unwieldy in your business. You'll always have that guiding light, you know, to focus back on if things start getting overly complicated. Mm, love it. Thanks. I love yeah. it too. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you much, Lee. Yeah. I also, you know, from a cost perspective too, right? Like, again, putting yourself back in that position of like, what can I do with the cheapest, you know, solution to the problem here is usually the best. And also what you were saying about like too many packages and things like, again, we're not Disney, right? We don't have endless amounts of surveys coming back. Now you should be, you know, sending out surveys, but you're not going to get, you know, tens of thousands of surveys back with like all this extrapolated data to be like, oh, 
this is what we need to be at, you know, doing. But if you can get 10 surveys back, 15 surveys back, you can start to build a case for why you should add another feature to it or why you should, you know, go in a different direction or something to that effect. So I mm. think that definitely. Oh, what's up, Nick? He says, how can someone yeah. do something like this in the contractor space, in the trades? It's a great question. Well, so, I mean, go ahead. No, I was going to say, well, the first, I mean, that's just sort of come up very quickly. But the first thought that I would have is what sort of packages can you test just to see whether it sticks or whether it does and reaching out to your list again? I know, Joe, you don't like that. I thought I don't like it. No, 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 no. That's not, I love it. I love it. Excellent. But reaching out to past customers and saying, you know, I've got this new package that is for this specific type of person. So maybe I know Nick's a painter. So, you know, it's specifically for people that, you know, haven't painted their entire house for 10 years and it includes all of this and the, uh, you know, and that the exterior and the interior. And, you know, I just want to see if it's something you're interested in. That, I mean, that's a very first thought that's just come up. I would, yeah, that's a great idea. I would go like, I would just do one room because basically, Nick, what you want to do is you want to get in their house because once you paint, (laughs) all you got to do is paint one room and paint one room well, and they will then hire you to do the rest of the house. So it's like, I would do one room, any room for one flat fee. I wouldn't be picky about the size of the room. I'd just be like one room, $199, anything. Just tell me what room to paint and I'll paint it because then... Because it's true, like painters, like, you know, they're not all like Nick. They're not as good, all as good as Nick. They're not all as like, they don't pay attention to detail always. They don't always get the lines just right at the, where the ceiling meets the wall. So we have a great, yeah, okay, bathroom promo. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, we have a great painting company that we love and we love paying them and we love having them come paint for us because they're great. They do a great job and they're, you know, they're not outrageously priced. So, yeah, oh, that's a- having now I'm sitting here having all yeah. sorts of thoughts. Do <laughs> so really thinking about what is the thing that you hear over and over like I wish I wish that I had this so I really want that. So thinking about those things and then taking those questions or those things that people are saying and I would even be going to maybe and I don't know what you're already doing Nick to be fair, but maybe doing a a promo to real estate agents. Uh, that have a rent roll. I don't know what you call it over there, but you know, a large leasing arm of their business and going to them and saying, Hey, I'm hearing that all of the, the landlords say this thing. So we're putting together this thing. You know, are you interested? Cause really all it is, all this MVP is, is packaging up something and taking it to market in a big way and seeing if it sticks. That's essentially what it is, right? Yes. I have another idea. Yay. We're on Nick, <laughs> Nick, you got to paint. This is what I did with my office. You've got to paint the, the wall in your Zoom background. Like if yes. you did like a, a feature wall, like the wall that's behind everybody in their Zoom background and you are able to paint it in a way that it's like professional and cheerful different. or whatever, different Then I mean, I could see that being a selling point because I know a lot of people are redoing their offices now because... They're on Zoom all day long. People are seeing their offices and also their, you know, their home offices so much more now. So they want it to be a space that they enjoy and get some, some pleasure from. So that would be another like very like 
just get them in the house. That's all. I, I, that, to me, I just want you to get in as many houses as possible. Like so, uh, to go along with that, you know, maybe you end up painting some of them just green walls so that people can just make their, <laughs> you know, wherever they want to be on the beach or whatever. But I absolutely think the bathroom promo thing is brilliant, and the reason is is because no one's bathroom is going to be that big, and bathrooms are, I would think, and I've never done it before but i would think bathrooms are probably the most biggest pain in the butts to paint because they're so, so they're small. confined and there's so many things in them like you can't pick the toilet up and move it to the other side of the room and like oh now it's an empty wall it's you got to paint around it and all that i think that's great and apparently he is stealing your idea that so uh, make that check out to jennifer <laughs> crawford care of washington dc <laughs> or care of jennifer crawford yeah washington dc yeah, I think both Sam and Jen were are great ideas. I love the bathroom promo. I think for you, it really does come down to like what kind of specials you're going to offer at the time, and from it's more of a marketing standpoint than a, like a painting standpoint. But again, going back to like people don't have imagination, so only like five to ten percent people will understand like what you're you know when you just say like I'm a painter, and they'll be like, oh, that's that's cool. I don't do I get anything painted? What gets painted? I don't even know. Versus like if you specify things like bathroom, your Zoom wall, things like that. I think if you did like Facebook ad for that, Nick, also you would probably do really well. But I also, Nick, I want to give a shout out to you for teaming up with Nor'east. Was it Nor'easter, Nick? Here in our, you know, Jersey area where he tracks all the storms and stuff. And you apparently sponsored one of his videos. And of course, it came up in my feed, but also in my wife's feed who loves Nor'easter, Nick. So shout out to you for that. Nick says, no one decorated the bathroom over the holiday and no one likes painting the behind a toilet. Yeah. Yeah, no, definitely. Well, last, uh, you know, last holiday season, you know, people also, I mean, this isn't ha- hopefully happening so much this holiday season, but it's also a time when people are, you know, cleaning and organizing their house because they've got company coming in from out of town. So, you know, all of a sudden the walls, the dingy walls are really standing out because, oh my gosh, yeah. we're going to have other people outside of the inner circle, you know, coming in. Maybe that's not such a an issue this year because, you know, people are, you know, kind of cooling it on the holiday gatherings for now. But I think cool. that was a great idea, having a holiday promotion. You come up with the spring and, we, you know, paint fences, right? Like that's something that's going to people are starting to go outside and like do the yard work and stuff. Mm-hmm. And they're going to notice that their their fences are, you know, it's time to get them painted. So, you know, things like that. Keep it rotating around as the holidays go or holidays as the seasons go. Sorry. <laughs> So So essentially to wrap that up, it's what, listen to what your ideal client wants. And sometimes, and I'm a big believer in this, sometimes your ideal client isn't the one-to-one person. It's who has a lot of those people, which is where my head was going with the real estate agent. Like do that work once and get work in a lot of places rather than go out and search for one person, one person, one person. You know, that's a lot of people to speak to just for bathrooms when you can speak to one real estate agent and get 20 bathrooms. I like that. Yeah, no, definitely. So, yeah, so anything else to add to the MVP conversation before we uh, move on here? Do it. No? Just do okay. it. All just right. do it. Right. Well, I don't want to just, oh, just do it. Oh, I thought you were talking just about it. talking to me. <laughs> no, 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 no. With the MVP, don't think about it. You think for too long. Don't make it too fancy. Just do it. You know, can I just add one more thing, though? Actually, now that I'm thinking about it, especially to you, Nick, as well. Sometimes your customer, you know, customers don't know what they want. 
And and sometimes you have to be willing to take a certain calculated risk in figuring out whether or not you can deliver something they haven't necessarily thought about yet, right? I mean, we've seen it, you know, one of the, the biggest ones is the iPad, right? Nobody wanted a giant iPhone at that point, but it's worked our, its way into the, you know, the subculture of America and done it in such a way that, it you know, lots and lots and lots of iPads have been sold across the world. So sometimes you have to think outside the box and like get something and just, t- you know, play test something, right? A B test something to, to see like, did, did you get a good response out of it? Did it make people think? Did it make them step back and like get their creative, you know, juices flowing as far as what else they could get painted after you're like, Oh, I could totally paint that for you. So you never know. So, you know, d- don't be afraid to experiment and test because sometimes people don't even really know what they want yet. Totally. Uh, until totally. you, until you offer it. Uh, I'll tell you another thing that could be used for that is, and I'm not just saying that because I'm literally sitting in one right now that needs to be painted, but a garage. You know, how many garages do we see out there? I don't know about this, if this is an Australian thing too, but they're drywalled out, but they're not painted, right? They're spackled and there's just no paint on them and nobody thinks to paint them. But how much nicer would it be to get, you know, a garage painted? Especially if you're doing it through the real estate agent who, you know, the house is virtually, you know, hopefully empty or is able to be emptied out so that or just built and uh, something to that effect so that mm-hmm. you know there's an opportunity there to get your foot in the door for something that people might not have thought about otherwise totally p.s joe just before we move on we have ipads yeah. in australia too i know you have ipads in australia did i not say <laughs> and electricity no, no, oh. yeah, I know, right? I about, no no i was talking about the garage no, no, before he said you know ipads now they're like a big thing in america we have them in oh, Australia. Oh, did I say too. In America? Yeah. Did I, did I say America? Oh, you I didn't did. mean America. Uh, <laughs> okay. My we Americanism get was coming out. <laughs> That's right. They don't have running water yet, but. Yeah. <laughs> Indoor plumbing. Uh, yeah. yeah right. Someday, when I get though. hungry, I need to go for a walk to go find some berries somewhere. <laughs> She's a forager, folks. <laughs> Oh. I apologize. It was not my uh, intention. I, I know. I was playing with you, Joe. All over I find the world. it, I find all it over quite world. fun. It's our course, international humor can... segment. Well, well yeah. wait a second. They, when they release new products, they don't release them to the whole world at the same time. So, just saying. No. Have you, I know. Have you guys gotten iPhone 12s yet? Is that, is oh, that a thing? So, I yet? ordered mine four weeks ago. They said it would be here within two to three weeks. Last week, I got an email saying, we'll be shipping it the week of the 29th of December. First world problem, but I was a bit annoyed with that. <laughs> Don't lie to me. Just yeah. tell me that right from the beginning. Oh, that, Anyways. That, is, that sucks. I'm sorry. My iPhone 12 nah. is, is crying for you. I bet it is. <laughs> Joe always has to have the most recent of everything. Not necessarily. Oh, he, yeah, but tech is something that he really enjoys. I, know. I think it is. That, it's my, it's yeah, my, it is I think my it's thing. okay for everyone to have something that they really enjoy. You're only as old as your phone. I always say that. Uh, You're uh, only <laughs> as old as your phone. Oh, dear. <laughs> yeah, we're, I need a flip phone then. If I want to be able to drive. Uh, actually, yeah, I guess a StarTac phone. Anyway. <laughs> Moving on. Moving on. <laughs> Speaking of cell phones, so what's grinding my gears this week? So while I do have the iPhone 12 Pro here, I... I'm annoyed with my carrier, my carrier being T-Mobile. I've been with them for six, seven years now. Anyway, they have a policy where if you ordered the phone online, you have a 20-day 
like return policy, no questions asked, like send the phone back, we'll get you a different phone. Like like I changed my mind kind of thing. Which is nice. It's very very cool, right? Like that's I don't even think probably most carriers are probably doing that, right? They're probably like 14 days, get you know, and then that's it. That's all you get. So it, it is nice. So to my dismay, I was you know, when the iPhone 12 got announced, I was like, well, do I want the iPhone 12 or the Pro or do I really kind of want the smaller mini? I want the iPhone 12 mini. But I don't want it to be too small and I don't want it to get here and be like, oh, this sucks. Like, And I kind of was in a rush to kind of get a phone because Melissa's phone was not in great shape and all that. So I was like, all right, I was like, you know what? I'm going to do it. And I ended up getting the Pro. I didn't really want the Pro, but it was only like 100 bucks more because of the storage option and all that. But that's not the point. Point being is there, I called up on the 21st day after I got to hold an iPhone 12 mini in my hand because my boy Mike had gotten one because he actually got the 12 and was like, this is too big. It's falling out of my hand. I don't like this at all. And he, he's a bit smaller than me. And I was like, you know, I really want it, but I'm not going to wait. I'm not going to do it. And then I go, I happened to go over to his house because I had to pick him up and take him to the police station to get his firearm permit. And of course, that was the day the phone got there. So I got the hold in my hand. As soon as I started typing, I was like, oh, this feels great. This feels perfect. I can reach the whole phone with my thumb, one handed. It's perfect. So I called, I actually went to T-Mobile and they were like, oh, we can't do anything for you here anyway. You had to call service. So I called their service line, sat on hold for 40 minutes before somebody answered the phone, which is, how do we not all collectively have, if you'd like to get a phone call back when we're ready, like when we're ready for you, we'll call you back. Everybody should have that. Disney, you know, Disney will have on hold wait times for like two to three hours where you're just waiting on hold for, to talk to anybody for two to three hours. How do you not have this? The other co- certain companies have, I think Verizon has it. You know, you call it like, Oh, we'll call, you know, put in your phone number. We'll call you back when we're ready for it. And then you wait like 10 seconds or something after you pick up the phone when they call you and you get somebody. So every company should have that number one. But so when I talked to the lady, she had, well, first of all, she told me something else about like, she's like, well, you know, return policy started back on the 16th. And I was like, hold the phone. The phone didn't actually come out till the 20th. I think it was like the 20th or something like that. Well, no, it started on the 14th. The 13th or the 14th. I was like, the phone didn't actually come out till the 16th. I didn't receive the phone till the 16th. So, like, you're already trying to, like, push the date back. So, like, no, no, no. So, it ended up being one day. And she not only talked to her supervisor, she talked to her manager. And because of their policy, because of one day late, they could not do anything for me. And I'm like, look. And I told the lady, I'm like, look, I know it's not your, because she was, like, stuttering on the phone. So, I was, I told her, I was like, this honestly, like you guys in your whole, my 40 minutes of listening, you keep saying how much you love your customers, how much you do anything for them, blah, blah, blah. But one day is a bridge too far. One day, a bridge too far. So I was like, look, I know because she was like stuttering on the phone and stuff. Cause I told her, I was like, I'm going to start looking to go somewhere else. Like this is a bit ridiculous. It's one day. How many people got the phone on launch day and then 21 days later, got to touch the other phone because they're not like in the stores or anything for the most part and are going to return. So I'm probably in the less than 1% of your customer base that's like, yeah, and then actually sat on the phone for 40 minutes to go through the process of getting the return. Like really? this. So to me, what grinds my gears is policies, right? And the fact that apparently nobody could break this policy. This is just the way it is. 
and policies I'm not a fan of. I know a good friend of mine, Lee Cockrell, is not a fan of them either because it doesn't allow for you to bend or break the rules because they're not rules, they're policies. They're the, you know, the, the boogeyman in the closet kind of thing that you can't, you just can't get around. It's impossible. Can't do it. Well, then it wouldn't be a policy. You want to make customers happy. One day's a bridge too far. I could see if it was a, you know, three days, five days, seven days or later, you know, I could see that. But like literally the phone just came out. So I didn't have the opportunity to touch it. I should have waited. I didn't. It's my fault. I know. But it's, I think they're being a little ridiculous with their policy Uh, to not be able to bend the policy to say, yeah, you're in the minority. People are going to sit on the phone for over an hour to make this happen. I'm so sorry. Oh, God. Yeah, I'm I don't so sorry. You. I'm so sorry this happened to you. <laughs> no, you're not. Stop. I'm Stop. trying not to get Stop. emotional. I'm trying not to get <laughs> emotional. Because I, I don't have any Kleenexes on my desk right now. Uh, me, so ne- I'm, me neither. I'm keeping it in me check. Neither. Me neither. I just use this terry cloth here. No, I, it's... I don't know. It's just annoying. Policies, they don't allow for your people to make any kind of decisions and make a what I would say a magical moment, kind of like in Disney, right? They have policies, but they also have rules and those rules can be bent. Those rules sometimes can be broken depending on the situation, depending on the guest, depending on the cast member and magical moments can happen and policies don't allow for that. But we love all our customers. We want them to, you know, we do anything for them. We'll bend over backwards for them. I've never had a magical moment at the Verizon store. I'll have to agree with you there. I don't doubt it. Has anyone ever had a magical moment at any telecommunications store? No, I think they need to up their magical moment game. (laughs) (laughs) I think the most magical thing was was that they actually had the thing I needed in stock at the time in which I needed it, which was, ironically enough, iPads. (laughs) One time I put my name in the queue, and as soon as I was done writing it, they called my name. Wow, that's, magical that's, moment. that's actually huge. <laughs> that was about as magical as it. You know, I don't know if this is a grind my gears, but I'm still scratching my head over it. So I tried another subscription box because I needed some new workout clothes, you know, because the burpee challenge and everything. I'm really rough on my workout clothes because I'm a beast. <laughs> so I was like, you know, I'm not going to stores or anything. I was looking online. I was like, I was getting... You know, it was taking too much of my time. So I was like, let me just go to like a subscription box. I was like, let me try this Wantable, which is has an active like subscription box. And I gave them my profile. They know how old I am. You know, I gave them an idea of what I liked. So one of the things is that I like shirts with sleeves. And, you know, they know my age and everything. So they sent me this tank top. Oh. And a sleeveless tank top. but. What it said on it had me very confused. So the skimpy little tank top, which I'm thinking was probably like for somebody in their 20s, said spiritual gangster. (laughs) I'm like, what is a spiritual gangster? Am I a spiritual gangster? And I was like, no, I don't think I am. What is a spiritual gangster? I'm like, is this somebody who does yoga but is also in the mafia? This is a very specific person. Spiritualgangster.com. I mean, what is a spiritual gangster? And I think if I have to ask what a spiritual gangster is, I'm probably not a spiritual gangster. I sent it back. 
I canceled my subscription. (laughs) I tried it, but I, I, I sent everything back. It was, things were just not working. But anyway, if we're, Anybody out there who is a spiritual gangster, I would love to know what how you qualify and what exactly it is and if you have a gun. <laughs> like, is this like, hey, I have a concealed carry permit and I also go to yoga every day. Like, what is a spiritual gangster? All I know is I am not one. That's all. I love the idea of a subscription for workout gear. I didn't even know that was a thing. And it probably isn't in Australia, Joe. You know, we have iPads, but not subscriptions for workout gear. <laughs> How are you going through so many workout clothes? Like, I've had the same, like, most of my running this shirts is, I've had for, yes. like, going on, like, nine years now. Oh, my goodness. My uh, well, stuff does not last that long. It goes no, through no. the wash Ooh. multiple times a week. Let me back it up a little bit, give you the, the more accurate. No, I do. I, I have. I wear the same. <laughs> I have, like, one or two, like, workout items. But I'm, like, but I work out, like pretty much every day and I'm always wearing the same thing. I mean, I wash it and everything, but I have to wash it a lot because I don't have a lot of things in rotation. And then they're always all black because <laughs> it's slimming. <laughs> and, uh, you know. for, the, for the mirror? Is that what you're worried about? The mirror is going to say back to you? <laughs> Your reflection? I don't know. But I was just like, you know, if I had a few things to choose from and maybe, you know, something with like a little color that would help inspire me a little bit more. And I was just kind of getting sick of wearing the same old thing. So that's why I was like, oh, a subscription box might be great because I could sort of build up my pieces until I kind of have enough and then and then stop. Again, this is, you know, very first world problem. But I'm sticking with my Stitch Fix. I've been a customer of Stitch Fix for a while, and I'm very happy with them. And they do have some – they're starting to build in some more athletic, you know, pieces. So anyway, that wasn't really a grind my gears. It was more of like – uh, kind of is. Like, listen – uh, listen to your customers. I mean, they yeah. should have known. And I know that we're just getting to know each other, but I feel like they should have known from what I told them that I was not a spiritual gangster. <laughs> it seems like a pretty polarizing thing to send somebody. I just... They could have just sent a shirt with a color. Like, you know, it didn't I don't, have to Yeah, be. you don't have to put words on my clothes. You don't have to. That should Fine. be That's a checkbox, right? Like, when you're filling yeah. out the form, like, do you want words, you know... Yeah. Being broadcasted like, to the people in the gym or your reflection in the mirror. Yeah. Like, I don't do mornings. No, you don't need to put that on my sweatshirt. No. I do mornings <laughs> quite well, actually. Thank you. No. Oh, man. <sighs> okay. I'm sorry. I'm All right. Talk. We can so, move on. So who's getting my lunch money this week? It's kind of crazy. I actually had to call two customer service companies in a week, which is probably a record. For, well, it's not a record for me, but it's a record like in the last five years. I feel um, like you're always on the phone with a customer service rep. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, really? I think really? half your life is on the phone with customer service It rep. sounds yes. like it, doesn't yes. it? <laughs> yes. I don't think I do. What's the every, last time you heard me call a customer service Every rep? episode. Pretty sure. Yeah, I would agree with that. Really? <laughs> every wow, episode. I guess I haven't. Yeah. Wow, yeah. okay. That'll have All to right. go on I, the, the Wikipedia page, I'm, too. I'm worried that every business in New Jersey has heard from you at one time <laughs> <laughs> or another. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, I remember the pool bo- company. I remember the pool company got oh, careful. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I forget what that was about even. And the drywall people, mm-hmm. they definitely, yes. they de- yeah, the drywall Never called people. Me back. Oh, and then yeah. I called them, and they're like, ah, you just call somebody else. <laughs> it's like, okay, good, good job. Anyway, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Anyway, anyway, what, what customer service rep was 
had was, the pleasure was, of your time this time. So I was only on the phone for maybe like 10 or 15 minutes or something like that. And only four of those, I think three or four of those were waiting on hold. But as both of you know, I've had issues with my stream deck thing with the button pushing thing for all this, like the button stick. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I had like random like dinging or random like the, the punching oh. button going on for a while there. <laughs> so, <laughs> that's not... No, sounds that's, like, that's the, sounds that's like the a whip. punching sound. No, well, it's it's the closest thing to punching. Yeah, uh, I thought it was that, a whip as well. Oh, oh <laughs> no, no. It's Please a, don't it's hit that button sound. again. <laughs> oh, jeez. Oh, you guys keep me up all the time. But... Put tape on it. <laughs> anyway, I, you know, I was trying to use it to its, you know, I was trying to use all the buttons and apparently one of the rows was like stuck and when you would like kind of press on like the outside frame of it, it would like activate the buttons like randomly Mm -hmm. and it was not good because i had like record and i had stream buttons on there so like it was uh, like turning off my recordings when i was doing stuff with ava in minecraft and it was like it was not good so i called them up and i was like all right i needed to get something kind of fix here and they were like okay can you just walk through like two things i was like okay they're like all right can you just take a video of it doing it and send it to us and we'll place it with a brand new unit no problem even if you can't replicate the problem in the video it's fine we believe you because the first day I was like, well, can you plug it into another computer? And like, can you do this? And I was like, dude, I'm like, I'm hitting the outside, the frame of it. You can see the buttons lighting up. That's not a US, you know, it's not a computer related problem. It's a hardware problem. So anyway, they're like, yeah, we'll totally send you a new one. No problem. And they sent me a prepaid label and I sent it off. And they're like, we'll ship it within two days of receiving it. But it's a three day label. And they ship me, you know, by the time they ship it back to me, like, it's probably gonna be like a week before I get it. But I had to go and buy another one in the meantime. So I will return the new one once I get that one, which, you know, sucks. But at least I have one. They were, you know, they were easy to deal with. If you're looking for what a pro streamer setup should look like, this is apparently what it should look like. With lots of lights and a green screen and it's lots of very lighting dark. Everywhere. Very dark. Yeah, well, you know, it's mine's kind of dark. I should, I've been meaning to, uh, add a couple extra lights in the back to, to kind of light up the background a little more other than the blue. But yeah, so I, they're getting my lunch money because the, I bought the new one and guess what? The new one doesn't have any sticking buttons. It doesn't have any problems and it, it works just right. So I'm not even going Excellent. to try the new one that they're sending me. I'm just going to take the brand new in the box, take it right back to the store and call it a day. Wow, I'm yes. glad that got yeah. solved. Are you sure you yeah. you didn't spill anything on the old one? No. That make it uh, what water? All I drink is water. Like, I, nah, I definitely didn't spill anything on it. All right, I, d- I had to ask. Yeah, no, they didn't even ask anything like that. They were just like, yeah, because it's well, I googled it, and other prob- people had the same problem. Like, mm-hmm. it's not see, like a it- uncommon thing. I'm just wondering, Jen, do you go undercover, like on the customer service line? There, do you just had to come onto the show to ask him that? Just you know. I actually, work, I, I actually work for that customer service line. Yeah. <laughs> good, good thing you answered that correctly. Yes. <laughs> Otherwise. Glad, glad, glad to hear. Yeah. So I, anyway, that's who's getting my lunch money this week is, is Elgato because they make great uh, high quality products. And I mean, yeah, they had a defect and I should have probably returned that one when I first noticed that it was a sticking button, but. I just figured, yeah, whatever. It wasn't a big deal. Leon is a fan of Elgato. He is a bit tech person like you, Joe. He just loves this stuff. He spends the, his whole weekend in my office setting things up. 
as long as he doesn't call me in to watch, I'm okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, Joe, and, I and think... speaking of Leon, he is our editor for anybody who doesn't yes. know. So thank mm-hmm. you, Leon. Did he get a new name or anything or a website? Yeah, can... yourpodcastconcierge.com. Okay. <gasps> I feel oh. so well taken care of as if like we have our own personal podcast concierge. Yes. We, we do. do. We, and it feels like it. Do. I mean, it's so nice. It's, you said it's your own podcastconcierge.com? Yourpodcastconcierge.com. Yeah, podcastconcierge. Oh, concierge is one of those words. C O N C E I E. Oh, my goodness. Oh, man. That's okay. It, it really is not that hard. Yourpodcastconcierge.com. Super easy for anyone that's listening, <laughs> apart from Joe. He'll get Apparently, it. Apparently, if you type it wrong in the Google, they will bring you to the right place. So there you go. Great looking website. Now, lots of purple. Love it. Joe, uh, you're not allowed to call them. Oh, uh, and, no. And don't call them. <laughs> don't call. Don't call their customer service line. <laughs> I know you want to. I know you were looking for that number just now. <laughs> don't do I don't, it I don't, need, I don't need to sit on the phone with them that's okay i trust I would, they've edited so many episodes of ours you know i trust that they, they, they put do. up with they a lot from us they joe, do joe yes. i'm yes. gonna give you a personal yes. challenge okay between now and next week's episode i don't want you to be on the hold with any customer service <gasps> reps i don't want you to call i don't want you to call any customer service people can you do I, it joe is it even I a possibility don't, None. i don't know i don't know do don't not know. call any businesses with any so, issues so, so hold on time out so we have a, a polar express do. train that <laughs> I knew we, we couldn't got do for it. christmas last year i'm not going to be the one that calls probably it's going to be melissa but um but I will, you want I will to make her, i want to make but her. you want no, to do i don't want i don't i don't want to sit on the on the hold that's crazy i think you do i, I think you love I it i do not i do not <laughs> because you you know why i know you love it is because you always tell us exactly how much time you've spent on hold mm-hmm. like you know to the minute for, 3 minutes it's 4 important. minutes 11 minutes 42 minutes like you always know I'm the opposite. I will do anything out of getting on the phone to anyone. I have. I don't even remember the next time, the last time I've been on like hold with a customer service person. I mean, I don't usually want to. It's just sometimes it's the best way to <laughs> I'm get compelled things to. Done. It's like I'm the here. phone is drawing me. <laughs> and now the Polar uh, Express thing. I gotta well, call hey, Santa I, Claus. Like what? <laughs> Santa <laughs> does not want to hear from you, Joe. He's gonna have a rough Christmas as it is. Oh. He is. He is. Does he have enough PPE to get the job done is the question. Well, the elves are complaining. <laughs> and and for him, too, just to go into these houses. I don't know if I'd want to go into random people's houses. Don't well, know that's what the thing. We don't know, know what the situation is. Up there. <sighs> Speaking of the situation, this situation is pretty much up and over. <laughs> Uh, if you want, please leave us a review uh, on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast platform of choice and tell us what you want to hear in an upcoming episode. And if you uh, either write it there or write it in lights on your roof so that we can see it from our house. <laughs> Nick if says, you- Joe, I got your back. 
What is this? I got your thanks, back, thanks, Joe. Thanks. I appreciate it. I'm tired of getting beat up. Like it's just. Uh, oh, uh, right. <laughs> it's not a whip. It's whip. It's, it's a whip. I, I, it's it's not. <laughs> it's not a whip. It's like Batman. It's like the original Batman. Like the pow, you know, kind of. Anyway, if you've enjoyed this episode of the Business Geeks podcast, share it with the business geek in your life. Send us your questions and suggestions to questions at businessgeekspodcast.com. Catch us next Monday, 3.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time and Tuesday, 7.30 a.m. Australian Eastern Daylight Time. For Sam and Jen, I'm Super Joe Pardo. We hope you have a great week. Take care.